When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Welcome back in. OutKick 360 coming to you live from our 6th and Peabody studios, downtown Nashville. Also coming to us live right now from downtown Nashville because he's getting set for SummerSlam in Music City this weekend is Bobby Lashley, WWE superstar. He is the U.S. champion. You can see it if you're watching right now by the belt over his shoulder, getting set for a match against Theory at SummerSlam this weekend. You can stream it at Peacock. Bobby, thanks so much for doing this, man, and welcome to Nashville. Thank you, thank you. It's my pleasure. So I want to start with this, Ben. Trust me, I mean this as a compliment. 46 years old. Uh, and staying in that level of shape, you, you don't look 46 years old, that, that's for sure. And we've seen guys age in the ring in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, <laughs> you, you've stayed in tip-top shape. What is that regimen like for you to stay in that level of shape in your career? I, I don't know what 46 is supposed to look like. <laughs> <laughs> if it's supposed to be old and withered, I'm not that. Uh, I think for me it's just been consistency. I've, I've, I've done the same thing. I've I've trained the same way. Uh, I've taken care of myself. I'm not, I, I think more positive, I put more positive and in, in, in negative in. I'm not a big partier. I'm not a big drinker or anything like that. So um, I got goals and I, and I got kids. So uh, between my goals and my kids, my kids keep me young and my goals keep me uh, motivated. Is it easy for you to avoid that lifestyle? You know, partying, drinking, whatever it is, is I'm sure it's easier for some than others, but you know, living a WWE lifestyle where you're traveling a lot, I know you're very busy. Is it harder to avoid that or easier for you to avoid all of that? I think, it, I think it's easier. When, when I was going through, through high school, through college and everything like that, um, there was something that I always said. I always said that, you know, Gatorade tastes better at the top of the podium. Um, so, <laughs> so the same thing that I'm doing right now. I think a lot of people party all the way through it. Um, there's times when you party, there's times when I celebrated, when I won the world championship, when I won the United States championship, we celebrated, we partied, we had, we had a good time. But um, then, then I always put that back and I always said, all right, it's, now it's time to go to work. Um, because like I said, all this is going to be over pretty soon for me. Um, not pretty soon. It's going to be over eventually. So right now I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm embracing everything. I'm, I'm working as hard as I've ever worked before. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a part of everything. Like you said, today I'm in Nashville. Tomorrow I go um, to our I fly up to SmackDown to Atlanta. I do something at SmackDown. Then I'm back to um, Nashville for SummerSlam, one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Um, I'm running it as a, as a champion. And, and everything that I'm doing is is just you have to stay prepared for it. You have to stay ready for it. And I have so many more goals that I want to accomplish before I retire from the sport of wrestling. So um Right now, it's it's no time to slack. It's no time to party. It's no time to um, pull back. It's 
we're moving in all the right directions right now. Well, and Nashville is excited for SummerSlam at Nissan Stadium uh, this weekend. It's an event that uh, this city's been anticipating for a long time. Unfortunately, there is some bad weather in the forecast for the weekend. Fingers crossed that there's a good chance it may dodge uh, us during oh. the time of SummerSlam also. Um, but I- I'm curious, and this is just you know my small brain thinking here, and you may, may find this foolish, but is there a different preparation when you're getting ready for an outdoor event in wrestling from, from your perspective? Obviously, the optics of it, the sound of it is very different when you're in the middle of a gigantic football stadium for a pay-per-view event like this. But I'm just curious with your mindset going into the ring, is there anything different in your preparation? I, you know what? No. There's not. I prepare for everything the same. I I I, I stay I stay regimented. I stay uh, locked in, and and I stay ready. So, for me, being SummerSlam, it is one of the bigger pay per views that we have. So I've kind of ramped up training a little bit more. But as far as indoor outdoor, it really doesn't make a difference to me. I think that you have to be ready for almost anything. And in our business, I don't know if my match is going to go five minutes. I don't know if my match is going to go thirty minutes. I don't know how how long it's going to go. So I have to just be prepared for almost anything. Um, we had to deal with this before. When we were in the pandemic, we were coming out of the pandemic, and our first pay-per-view back was WrestleMania, and it was in Tampa. Yep. And right before, we had one of the biggest rainstorms that you've seen in Tampa. And we were also ready. We were also – I mean, we were ready to go. And then, boom, the rain comes down. And I told him, I said, you know what? I'm at the point right now where I'm ready to fight. So I had a match against Drew McIntyre. And I said, if we have to fight back here, get the cameras rolling. Because we owe it to the fans and we owe it to ourselves to be out there and perform and do what we have to do. So it's nothing different here. I mean, whether the weather comes or not, we're going to be ready to go. And we're going to be ready to put on a show for the crowd. And Nashville has been kind of a special place for us because we've we've hit Nashville a couple times since the pandemic, and the crowd has been just amazing. And I think I said this before: is that um, you know, there's this is our second, I believe, our second biggest pay per view of the year. There's only one pay per view bigger, and that's WrestleMania. So this is kind of a tester a little bit for the city of Nashville. You know, we come out, we show some support, we get amped up. We're going to have probably the greatest show that you've seen here, but then we also will start talking about maybe coming back and doing WrestleMania. So it's so important to be able to really show out and do what we're supposed to do and have the best show that we can out here in Nashville while we're here. It's one of those in Nashville, there's constant talk about Nissan stadium. And now there's going to be a new stadium possibly being built there with capabilities to be indoor and what events could be there, you know, with, with indoor capabilities, Final Four, a Super Bowl. But SummerSlam, WrestleMania, when this stadium was built, were two of those events that a lot of people talked about. So it's really cool now to see SummerSlam coming to Nashville. Again, Saturday night, July 30th. You can stream it on Peacock. I know a lot of people are going to be in the building also. We're joined by Bobby Lashley, WWE superstar. I'm fascinated with your background, Bobby. Uh, obviously hard work is not a problem for you going way back. Let's start with your wrestling background and the discipline required, even in high school wrestling, going on to wrestle in college, whether it be weight maintenance, uh, the practice time, everything involved and you put into it. How did that help shape you early on? Well, I grew up in a military background, so my dad was a drill sergeant coming up. My dad was very simple with things. It's like he 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 instilled in us, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. 
And that's how it's always been for me. And when I see that, then I continue that. When I was going out in high school, you know, I wore, I, there was that time where, what do you do? What do you do? I didn't know what to do. I just started working harder, working harder. And then I won a state championship. Went on to college, kept that same mentality, started working even harder. And then I won nationals my sophomore, junior, senior year. And then it just kept going and kept going. So, I mean, it, to me, I learned the recipe for success. And the recipe for success for me has been just that hard work. So I'm no stranger to it, and I love doing it. And I always say you got to trust the journey. you got to love the journey. I think a lot of people get into the point where um, training hard becomes like a mental thing for them, where it's like I don't want to train harder because it's hard on my body. But for me, I always look at it as the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I enjoy the training. I enjoy working hard. I enjoy getting up early in the morning and doing cardio. It's just a staple in my life because I always look at it as, you know, the – the small amount, yes, it's hard during the time, but the small amount of energy and effort that you put into it, what you get out of it is astronomical. So, I mean, if I spend an extra hour or two hours a day and then I'm winning titles like this, I'm on top of the, I'm headlighting um, pay-per-views, I'm at the top of the business, I'm going into Hall of Fames, all these different things that are happening in my life is because of the hard work that I'm putting in. And I'm staying out of the out of the places that I shouldn't be. So I think that a lot of, as an athlete, as a performer, you say that, are we role models? Absolutely, I'm a role model. There's a lot, of, a lot of kids watching what I'm doing and the message that I'm giving to them is the same message that I got. And that message was the harder I work, the luckier I'm getting. Like you said, I'm 46 years old and I'm at the peak of my career. I'm in great shape um, mentally, physically, everything. Um, everything is just putting together. I mean, I'm, I feel great. You know, I do system checks all the time and I'm like, is it time for retirement? I'm thinking about retirement and no way there's, I'm, I'm so far from it. If you watch me in the ring, I'm doing things that I was doing when I was 20 something years old and everything feels good. So I'm going to ride this wave as long as I can, because like I said, it all goes back to that hard work, that hard work, that luck, they, they go hand in hand. Well, and I know our time is a little bit limited with you today, Bobby, and this is something we'll continue to talk about with Jonathan and Paul because there are some very interesting stories as you came up in this business and other businesses that we're going to talk about. But before we let you go, I do want to ask you about Vince McMahon retiring, stepping down, Triple H now stepping into the creative role with WWE. Just in your opinion, how many possibilities are out there now with the future of WWE and the direction under Triple H and where this thing can head next? Uh, it's, you know, first of all, I, I got to say with Vince, Vince is, and I told him this, I was like, Vince, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how many, how many people that you have supported over your lifetime. Um, like he put my kids through school. He put a roof over my kid's head. And there's thousands of other people that can say that same thing. So I have the utmost respect for Vince uh, of what he's done and what he's created in, in this wrestling business. Without him, None of us. If without him, we wouldn't be sitting here talking right now. So first of all, Vince has just been um, a blessing to so many different people. But at the same time, you know, Stephanie, Triple H, the mind that they have in this wrestling business is going to be shown within the next few years, few months, few weeks. And there's been a lot of times where I've gone to Triple H and I've asked him for different for advice on, on matches and asked him for advice on on where I should go, what I should do. And he's always given me great advice. And I can say that moving forward, the wrestling business is in great hands because the great minds are always there 
And, you know, Vince McMahon, I know he stepped away from the business, but he's always going to be somebody there to give some advice to help us out moving forward uh, for everyone, whether it's me going to him directly or him going to creative to kind of make things um, go in the direction that it should. But like I said before, Stephanie and, and, um, and Triple H, I think that the business is in great hands. Bobby Lashley, he is the United States champion. He's putting that belt up for grabs on Saturday against Theory at SummerSlam in Nashville. And as you just heard, he's nowhere near retirement either. Bobby, really <laughs> appreciate your time, man. Best of luck moving forward and best of luck with this event. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. It's Bobby Lashley, WWE superstar. We'll take a quick break. We're going to be right back with more. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Great chat there with Chad and Bobby Lashley from the WWE. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. They nearly held the um, WWE tryouts this week here. Did I tell you guys that? At the venue? No. They, they opted to go somewhere indoors. That's why they ended up at the Wild Horse. But they looked, they came and toured this place. And that wanted, would have been awesome. They wanted to put the tryouts here. Then I really could have tried out. When Paul said, I'm already trying out. Uh, maybe I could have done it. If, if it was you could have right dropped that 15 the earlier. Yeah, I had to get to work quicker. Abs. I'm going to run around, in a, <laughs> uh, run around town in a trash bag like I'm trying to cut weight for a actual wrestling. That'd be so great if you had a trash bag on under your master's polo. Yeah, just, oh, and we just didn't say anything about the it. Entire show. Just had it <laughs> spitting into a cup, like the old school, uh, like '90s baseball players. I feel like they always in batting practice had the thing that looked like a trash bag yeah. on underneath. Yeah, I just wear that underneath every polo shirt. You get the you have the jump rope going during the commercial break to break a sweat. I'm just pouring sweat every segment. You guys look over here. Is Chad okay? You sure you're gonna be all right? You don't seem healthy. It looked like uh, Lashley was just set up across the street from us, like at the Omni or something. You could have walked over there. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to him uh, prior to him uh, joining the show, and he said he's in Nashville. I'm thinking you could have walked right over and, and joined us, and yeah, didn't didn't put that together. Didn't know he's going to be in town. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Armando's about to join us with NFL headlines. Um, 
Jensen, uh, the starting center for uh, the Buccaneers, Ryan Jensen, carted off the field. Uh, clearly a knee injury, and we're waiting on official word to come out, but it does not look great. Uh, pro football doc, uh, Dr. David Chow, um, was on social media saying this is, uh, is season-ending. It's not going to be good. And it, was, it was based on limited video, like yes, a sideline cam he's watching to determine that. Hate for them to lose yes. a key guy that early. For anybody. Armando Salguero joins us on Outkick 360. Look at that background. Where's Foot- my photo credit? Football is, uh, <laughs> is here with all the practices, Armando. It's great to have you back on. No, it's my pleasure. Yes, Paul Kuharski photo credit for this right here. Great job by Kuharski. You're you've got a career as a photographer. If ever radio doesn't go exactly right for you, Kuharski. You should be wearing a Marlins hat. He's no, also wearing a Yankees hat. Well, I feel like he's really uh, catering to yeah, you today, Paul, sucking, with sucking the Titans like photo it. and then the Yankees hat. This is great. Terrific. Yeah, the alternate Yankees hat. This isn't traditional, guys. I hope you know. <laughs> The day they wear that, I'm against them any, wearing anything except the navy blue hat. I don't want them in the camo hat, the pink hat, anything. I support all the causes, but I'm a believer that they should only wear the uniform, period. I don't know, man. When they wear the NY with the American flag, that looks pretty cool. So um, I think that Kyler Murray's going to be wearing the same uniform now. We know for, for a little while longer, but in doing so, Armando... To have that privilege, he's going to have contractually mandated four hours of independent study time every week. What, what did you make when you first saw that report? Uh, what, what was your initial reaction? And the, the longer you process the story, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that was an amazing transition there, Chad. Thank you very uh, I'm much. I always search very for the well perfect. Done. Somebody got, had to get got, us out. You got to search the perfect <laughs> transition. I think I finally found it. You, you, you're an amazing professional. I got to <laughs> tell you that. So, yeah. So Kyler Murray was not scheduled to speak with the media, but he decided that he'd had enough. And so he asked to speak with the media about the so-called homework clause in his contract. And for those that are not familiar, the clause in his $230 million uh, and a half dollar contract says that Kyler Murray must study film away from you know uh coaching and 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 the quarterback room a minimum of four hours per week and obviously you know this begs questions well if the Arizona Cardinals are putting that into a contract they obviously have concerns that Kyler Murray hasn't been preparing enough, hasn't been watching enough film, or at least someone in the organization is concerned enough for that. And obviously also Kyler Murray and his agent agreed to it, man. So when he comes out today and he says, it's disrespectful that anyone would say that I don't study enough, Okay, he says it's almost a joke that anyone would suggest I don't study enough. What he really should have done is told the team that gave him that clause and he signed, hey, this is disrespectful and almost a joke. He didn't do that. And so Kyler Murray is complaining to the wrong people. 
It's not the media that wrote the contract. It's the team he plays for. It's not the media or the pundit, uh, you know, the pundits that signed the contract. It's him. Uh, I, the, the whole thing, every, every time someone has opened their mouth relative to this situation, they look worse because Kyler Murray looks bad. The Arizona Cardinals look bad, too, because they're the ones that gave a quarterback $230.5 million when they're obviously not sure that he studies enough. Yeah, and I think it was Ian Rappaport who had the initial detail in the contract that posted it. So this all started with that detail being published for everyone to see. What do you make, Armando, of the silence coming from Arizona where they could easily leak a story to someone or get their side of this out there if they wanted to protect Kyler Murray in any way in his reputation? There's a number of ways they could spin this as to why they put that in the contract. What do you make of their silence, if anything? Well, <laughs> their silence has been when you know the coaching staff says things like, we don't have anything to do with contracts, we just coach. <laughs> that, you know what that is? That's people running for the door <laughs> because they're being asked about something that is clearly uncomfortable to them. Um, I believe personally that this clause was a ownership-driven clause. I also believe that it's it's a sign that someone wasn't really thinking. It, it clearly is a sign someone wasn't really thinking because, like I said, it makes everyone look bad. Oh, by the way, the only way that it's not going to look bad is if Kyler Murray in the next three years or so, while he's still under all those guarantees, he actually takes that team, um, you know, to, to heights that it has not yet attained or achieved under him. Julio Jones, a big, pricey disappointment here last year. Titans didn't have a second rounder or third rounder because of him. Um, and I don't think it was just that he was hurt, Armando. I think he needed to feel just right in order to, to get out there. They did not get what they uh, paid for. They got crushed for it. Now everybody nationally is saying, oh, what a great move by the Bucks." Um, obviously they, they're not going to count on him for the same kind of snaps and participation Tennessee did. Ne nevertheless, what, what do you think about the Bucks counting on him for anything? Well, he's early season insurance for Chris Godwin, right? Uh, Chris Godwin uh, had a ACL injury at the end of last year. He's not practicing yet. He's expected to be fine, but not yet. And so it doesn't hurt to have a future, you know, pro football hall of famer on the roster, just in case um, I'm with you, you know, he's 33 years old and the last two seasons that he's played have been injury plagued. And so that suggests he's on the downside, but in Tampa Bay, the downside is catching passes from Tom Brady. In Tennessee, the downside was catching passes from Ryan Tannehill. I'm wondering if one might be a better situation for Julio Jones than the other.
Armando, your thoughts on, uh, let's tie this in. Um, uh, Mike Vrabel saying he doesn't want to be a coach known for the talent on the field. Yeah, um, unless the talent is a professional wrestling legend, right? Yeah, that's right. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Paul, give me a woo. I am not a wrestling guy, Armando. Paul's not. Paul's I'm not. not I'm not gonna woo. Not big, big shocker, I know, but Paul's not yeah, a big I woo like guy. I like real, real stuff. I passed the cartoon phase at about fourteen. Woo! Okay, uh, you were there when he was talking. I to was. The, you know, he was talking to the media. I know people uh, on my Twitter feed like it. That doesn't mean I like it. I got. You. I, I got love you. it, we Armando. Talking- you're speaking. You're preaching to the <laughs> choir right here. Sign me up for a Ric Flair interview immediately. Woo! Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, do you prefer a Ric Flair interview where he tells you uh, how great he is, how great the 70s, 80s, and 90s were, how beautiful women flocked to him, or do you want a player telling you he's working hard and, <laughs> you know, he's, he's doing his best to get past today because it's one day at a time. Option three, please. I would I would rather interview Ric Flair than anyone in the NFL currently outside <laughs> of Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I think I'd put Absolutely. Ric Flair third on the list of current NFL people, coach, or play. I'd, I'd put McDaniel on that list too. I feel like he'd be interesting. But Ric Flair is probably third on the list of who I want to talk to. Totally fair. And getting back to your original question, when Mike Vrabel says that he doesn't worry about talent, it's not about talent for him, that's brilliant. That really is brilliant. I love that because I've had coaches who privately tell me they've got five pro bowlers over there. How are we going to beat that? And, and they obviously go out and try to, but their their original default position is, we're undermanned. They're going to be better. How do we compete? Mike, Mike Vrabel is like, well, they might be more talented, but we might be more disciplined and we might make fewer mistakes and we might be tougher and we might be in better condition. And so we might win. And that's great because that's how the Tennessee Titans do win and will have to continue to win. That was in response to my question about had they, you know, gotten better around Tannehill, which was one of their themes. And um, I, I think we could all agree, as of now, minus A.J. Brown, they don't have anybody that could do what A.J. Brown did. And you can only, you know, I, I, I like his overall theme, but at some point when you lose a guy that can run away from people and give you that, that big play threat that Hutton has all the numbers – uh, they don't have that big play threat anymore. And when you don't have that, that when you, you're minus that until Traylon Burks shows you that he can be that, they you average, are going to lose some games because you don't have They that. averaged three yards less per play without A.J. Brown in the lineup last year. That's massive. Fair. And obviously, we're a year beyond the – they don't have John O. Smith anymore. And – Oh, by the way, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. But the AFC has added some talent at quarterback. Yeah, uh, everywhere. And so, and and the AFC has added some talent at pass rusher, where a couple of teams like, say, the Los Angeles Chargers now have two 
in Khalil Mack and Bosa, the Raiders did the same thing. Multiple teams have upgraded. The Broncos went out and got Russell Wilson, and they've got a pretty stout defense to begin with. How does that talent get overcome by the coach that, you know, isn't worried about talent? Hey, while we're on the Titans, quickly I wanted to take your temperature on Bud Adams. He, he didn't make the final 12 out of the coach contributor category. I'm one of the new members of that committee, which grew from 9 to 12. I don't think he's the guy that's going to get the, the one spot, but that he didn't make the 12 really surprises me. He can never get any traction. I know he was eccentric and weird late, but co-founding the AFL, pushing the money on the AFL, and, and really being a, a formative guy with the merger that created the league as we know it, to me, deserves more than he gets Meanwhile, Art Modell, the most uh, vilified owner maybe in history, who did a lot of big things with the TV deals, gets one of those 12 spots. I I was just baffled by it. Where do you come down on Bud Adams? Yeah, that's a great juxtaposition of Modell and Adams because I think one of the problems with both of them is they both moved franchises. And did so in ugly fashion. And so uh, I I just, look, Bud Adams left Houston, man. (laughs) He left the Astrodome. That's rough, okay? And I know that the people of Nashville love it and love him for it, but from a greater perspective of the NFL, Houston is a is a huge market. It's a great football town in a great football state. You leave Houston. That's not a check by your name. That's, you know, that that's negative. That's not a good thing. Armando Salguero, our guest on Outkick 360. Uh, early returns, it's not hard to search in the morning here. I know we're central time, but East Coast. By the time the Titans are starting practice, we're getting interception reports from Baker Mayfield in Carolina, for instance. I don't see as many play-by-play highlights of Trey Lance in San Francisco yet. What, what are early returns early in the second year, but really the first season, the inaugural season, as Trey Lance is the guy with the 49ers? What have you heard and, and read through the, through the grapevine over the last 48 to 72 hours? Right. So context, uh, Jonathan, is we're still like basically only in the second day of practices. These are not padded practices yet. No one is in pads in the NFL yet, as far as I know. Uh, Jacksonville will be the first team that will be able to do that, but they're not yet. And so it's not really football yet. It's seven on seven. And a lot of teams are starting out with red zone. So the interceptions that you're seeing or hearing about, it's because they're playing on a 20-yard field a lot of the times. Uh, I don't I don't take a lot of meaning out of that um, as far as Trey Lance is concerned. Trey Lance is going to have growing pains, gentlemen. And I think the San Francisco 49ers know that. The locker room in San Francisco knows that based on what I've heard. And they're fine with it. 
because along with that growing pain is a higher ceiling than what they have or had with Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's more of a, of a tension that he can also do more athletic things like, oh my God, he can run. And so they are willing to take the short-term pain for the what they think is going to be long-term gain. What has been Roethlisberger gaining by speaking so much regarding his departure in Pittsburgh now? You know, it's it's funny because my experience, and maybe you guys have had the same experience, maybe I'm unique, but when guys are on teams and in locker rooms, a lot of them are less likely to speak their mind and to seek out uh, media attention because it comes organically, right? And they have their names in, you know, in public and it's out there and what they think matters a lot of the time, especially if you're, for example, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a legacy team in the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger has had that after, what, he started in 2004, so after, what, 16 years or whatever, he's had that pulled out from under him, and now all of a sudden he has opinions, (laughs) and now all of a sudden he wants to tell people stuff. Uh, You know, I think that's a a commentary on Ben's self-awareness and sensitivities and ego more than anything. Armando, we had this discussion the other day on the show, and I want you to chime in on this. It's obviously the NFL. There's, you can find something interesting on every team across the league. But we discussed one team that each of us just can't find much interest in going into this season. Just completely uninteresting teams. I threw out the New York Giants as, as my example, even with a new coach, because their quarterback situation, I don't find them to be that interesting or compelling. What's the top team that comes to mind for you? If you had to pick one of the 32 that you would say, I'm not really that into this team. Seattle. Um, and the reason I say that, number one, they're way over there. Yeah. Way, <laughs> way over there. And I'm it's way a good over trip. here. Like physically, from Miami to Seattle, you're really not the into furthest them. Trip you're, you're not interested in that, that we trip. We could not get further away That's from true. each other. Uh, but beyond that, Geno Smith doesn't move the needle for me. Or anyone. Drew Locke doesn't move the needle for me. When the most interesting thing about your team is the fact that your best wide receiver, DK Metcalf, is holding in and you have the oldest coach in the league, you've got problems. You've got issues. Something's wrong because no one's talking about you. And oh, by the way, the the defending Super Bowl champions play in your division. You've got problems. How about the report from NBC on um, the, the trade that didn't happen back in 2018? NBC reported that in 2018, the Seahawks offered Cleveland Russell Wilson and their first-round pick, I believe, was the trade, right? Or for a first-round pick. And they wanted to go draft Josh Allen and trade Russell Wilson to Cleveland. Why didn't Cleveland do that? 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, that because they're Cleveland. Yeah. Later they coveted. I guess that's before they had the sensible people who wanted Russell Wilson later. But see, they didn't trade it because they had the number one pick, and that was the year they drafted Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Russell Wilson over over a a collegiate Baker Mayfield is a no-brainer, I think. That's fair. You also also Uh, have to have Russell Wilson who wants to play for you in some capacity, right? I'm pretty sure he didn't want to. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that... You know, Cleveland today is different than Cleveland 2018. Let's let's yeah, let's clearly. just establish that, right? I mean, they've actually been to the playoffs the last once the past couple of years. They've got a nice roster now. Um, they have a coaching staff that is proficient, um, and that wasn't none of those were the case in 2018. Uh, none of them, and so I don't blame Russell Wilson. For wanting to, you know, put a, a, a basically a, a dent in his career, um, if indeed that's accurate. If Josh but, Allen was in Seattle, you'd be interested, despite the fact that they were over there. Assuming they will have developed him in the same the way, same way yeah. that the Buffalo Bills did. But I mean, you, uh, Josh Allen. Let's 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 not rewrite history. Yeah, Josh it. Allen didn't come into the NFL as a ready-made product. Fair. He was bad. Early on, really, it, it, putting Russell Wilson in Cleveland in 2018 would have been interesting. 2019, they were paving Cleveland streets in gold prior to Week One's kickoff against the Titans the night before when we flew in. That's right. And they were throwing a parade for a Super Bowl run before September 10th even rolled around in 2019, with Baker going into year number two, and that would have been hypothetically. Russell Wilson's team at it that point. It would have point. been That's a, really crazy. By the way, they, they had 18 penalties in that game. <laughs> That's a tough number they to reach. They got up to a bad start, but they had a lot of reason to be feel good about themselves. Yes. They did. It, 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 all, until the game started. Yes, until, I understand. Yes, until the game started. There's always a uh, look back over the shoulder, you know, has-beens and woulda, coulda, shoulda, but that one's interesting. Given the developments that Seattle just traded Russell Wilson to Denver – and I noticed on OutKick, Armando, you mentioned over 2,000 fans showed up for the first practice for the Broncos this, this, uh, for the first practice this past week. And the first fan showed up 24 hours earlier to get in line for that practice. Which is stunning. And compare that to, say, for example, the Washington Commanders, where if you go on social media and you look at the photos of their crowd today, there was. Um, there was the 78-year-old retired guy wearing an umbrella hat. You know, one of those hats that have a little umbrella at the top? Yes. And then the cricket over there and the, <laughs> the feral cat over there. And, you know, nothing else. Um, it's clearly a contrast in exposure, in expectation. Uh, I'm bullish on the Broncos. I, I mean... My only worry is that the the defense, which was very good under Vic Fangio the last couple of years because he is just an outstanding defensive coach, will take a step back. On the other hand, uh, I expect that offense to, to take a leap forward. Um, Lamar Jackson asked today if he's comfortable going into the season 
while negotiating a contract. Keep in mind, he, he's negotiating his contract. He says, no, there, there's going to be a cutoff at some point. And then Lamar said, quote, I think so, when he was asked if he thinks something eventually gets done. So there's your daily update in Baltimore for the contract situation. But at least he's out there. There are others having the sit-ins. There are no more, no more holdouts in the NFL. Hold-ins. Uh, hold-ins, yes. That's, that's what you, you call yes. it. That's great. There, there are no more, um, no more holdouts due to the $50,000 mandatory daily fine. Right. Um, and it would be crazy if Lamar Jackson, who basically stiff-armed the Ravens <laughs> when they wanted to conduct contract talks with him in the offseason – would come to camp and hold in because of his contract. That's, that, that would just be crazy, and it would send a bad message, and it would be a lack of leadership. And if anything, Lamar Jackson is a leader and understands he's the quarterback, the face of the franchise, and is not about to send bad, bad messages. Also, if a contract doesn't get done, he's going to make $24 million this year. And – the, the thing about it is the both parties are interested in getting something done. It's Lamar Jackson is going to play for the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. He's not going anywhere. Even if he doesn't sign a contract, they'll franchise him after the year and Lamar Jackson will be a Baltimore Raven. So what we're talking about now is basically where does that land? Let's see. Deshaun Watson signed a $230 million contract. Kyler Murray signed one for $230.5 million. Will Lamar Jackson get more than $230.5 million and close to $50 million a year? I think that might happen. 231 on the dot. Armando, we're up against it, so I'll leave you with this. Uh, by Tomorrow morning, do we have news leaked out from the Daniel Snyder closed-door deposition happening in D.C.? He showed up today under the uh, agreement that he would uh, agree to answer questions as long as it was closed-door and not for the public knowledge. Will news leak, and will we be discussing that as as we open the show? Uh, Well, I I think that there will be a leak because people who want to make Daniel Snyder look bad are interested. And so, and, and they're politicians. So, I, I mean, is there anyone that leaks more than politicians? <laughs> but will you open your show with this tomorrow? You better get a better rundown sheet than, hey, that's than what Daniel I, Snyder again, that's testimony. What, uh, if it's big enough, it leads the show. If it doesn't, it hits the back burner. But we're talking Daniel Snyder and the Washington craziness. Uh, thank you as always, Armando, and uh, we'll ke- we'll keep up with every news and note throughout camp at Outkick. Armando, we've got to hey. keep those two fans at the Commanders' practice updated. <laughs> well, maybe at some point Ric Flair shows up and and brings a crowd with him. Except for you, Paul, not you. It's entertaining. I, I acknowledge. Thank you, Armando. Thank you. More coming on Outkick three hundred and sixty. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Crew's all here today. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Paul, the Yankees made a big trade yesterday. Ben Attendi in from Kansas City. Guy is everything that Joey Gallo is not. He makes contact. He's a bat-to-ball lefty. Unfortunately, instead of cutting Joey Gallo, which is what they need to do, designate him for assignment, uh, they just send down somebody else. So they insist on keeping Gallo on the roster. That's fine if you just want to put him on the bench and never play him. They'll put him up once in a while hoping he hits a home run, which is the only thing he can ever do. But he strikes out. 15 times for any time he does anything. Here is the stat. Uh, Aaron Judge has 37 home runs this year, I believe. Maybe 38. 38 home runs, let's say. Joey Gallo has 37 hits. Wow. What, That's why they need Ben Attendee. What was the level of prospect, the three minor leaguers they gave up? How good, good, how good, good not incredible. So if they I, want to stack prospects to go get Castillo, who they need from the Reds, um, they still can, and they need a middle reliever because they lost Michael King, who fractured his elbow. Yeah, I saw some. They need more moves. Some story asking the question of did the Royals get enough in return with the three players they sent back that they probably could have done better. That may be fair with another team look, that, with a, a different farm system. The Yanks system. are ten and twelve in their last twenty-two. So does that concern me? Yeah. Are they still thirty-three games over five hundred? And do you have every cause to believe they'll be fine? Yeah. What should concern you is what they're doing against the Mets and the Astros. Yeah. Well, the Mets, they're, I don't, I, they're not going to see unless the Mets make the World Series. Astros, right. I told you a long time ago, worry the hell out of them. Mets are very good. Only thing that eases it's, my we pain can, we right now. We can officially now say that right now with that you, staff. If you go look at a Red Sox reel right now, they're playing some of the worst defense in the history of baseball. They drop pop ups, they throw ground balls away, pass first. So I take a little joy in that while I'm a little worried about the Yankees right now. Chad, but they've uh, got plenty of time. Is Jorge Soler about to be a Brave again? Uh, I don't know, but that uh, ball he hit in the World Series against the Astros for a home run in game one, I don't think it's landed yet. Because Duvall's not coming One of my back. favorite moments was that Duvall's home run. Duvall's out, right? Yeah. They, they, they're going they to do move, something. Right? They're, they're going to make I a move. This is going to be a good trade, then. Yeah. They, they need an outfielder now that Duvall is out. They, they need someone there. And let's get Otani moved. To let's, the Braves. Let's get it happen. Come Anywhere. On. Bring in the Braves. Let's, let's give Otani some relevance, finally. How about that? Get him away from the Angels. Headlines next, including the Colts, and we compare rookie quarterbacks. I mean, not 